So we kind of want to help people discover theme parks and, or attractions in their area that kind of provide a little magic in a different way. everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And tonight we're excited to have with us the co-founders of the Theme Park Hopper blog, Dustin and Andrew. Welcome, guys. Thanks so much. This is super exciting. Thanks for coming, you guys. Thanks for having us on. We're excited to talk to you guys because you are, I'm going to call you roller coaster junkies. I'm a bit of a roller coaster junkie. I grew up in Southern California. I went to high school in Southern California. I'm originally from Kentucky. So I, I visited parks like Kings Island and then uh, you Cedar know, Point. Cedar Point. Well, actually, I never, I've never been to Cedar Point. I never made it. I what? went to, went to Kings, I went to Kings Island and then they opened up a theme park in Louisville that I never actually made it to that turned into a Six Flags. I feel like every regional theme park eventually turned, turned into a Six, six Flags. Flags. <laughs> and then I, I lived in Southern California and we would go to Disneyland and uh, Knott's Berry Farm, Six Flags, uh, Magic Mountain. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big theme park junkie. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear what you guys have to say, but yeah, me too. I I grew up in New York and we uh, we went a lot to the Six Flags Park in New Jersey, but I did work for sort of a travel camp as a teenager. I did get to go to Cedar Point and Geauga Lake and a few other kind of parks around that region. I feel like those are some of the some of the like really big park, non-Disney parks in our country that are really interesting and different to visit. But before we dive into the blog, let's talk about your individual Disney backgrounds. So Andrew, why don't we start with you? Sure. So it might be a little surprising, but I wasn't a super huge Disney fan as a kid beyond kind of a lack in The Lion King and Star Wars, if you if you kind of count that. <laughs> so, and I actually didn't visit a Disney park until my 30th birthday. Wow. And I took a trip to Disney World and everything uh, kind of stems from that from that visit. So now today, fast forward a few years, I'm pretty deep into it. So I have, you know, I'm a DVC member, D23 Gold. I have an annual pass this year. We've made the trek to Marceline, Missouri. We're trying to get to every Disney park. We've done Paris and both of the stateside parks. And we have Disney Cruise Line reservations. So we're, we're pretty deep into it. And so I live in Raleigh and it's a little tough to sometimes get to Disney, but airport's really good and it's not a bad ride. It's only a few hours, which is a little bit compared to getting to our regional parks like Bush Gardens, Carowinds, and Kings Dominion. What's your DVC home resort? I have two. I have Beach Club, which is great because I love walking to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. And we also have Animal Kingdom Villas. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm really jealous of your beach club one, I have to say, because that pool is like hands down best pool at Disney, in my opinion. Is this going to be your first Disney cruise? Yes. So I have, we booked a four night on the dream and we're really looking forward to it. All right, Dustin, what about you? Tell us your Disney background. We visited when I was a child. It was a month before my fifth birthday. And I have very limited memories of that. I remember Mickey's birthday bash because my mom wanted to visit that. Like, I swear we did that five times. And I remember riding Star Tours. That was like the one ride that I, I have vivid memories of as a child. But I like Andrew, I grew up on the Disney movies. My wife and I love Disney. And she had gone when she was about 10. And so then after we had a couple of kids, we're like, you know what, let's do it before we have to pay for them, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. They're Irish twins, so they're less than a year apart. So before our oldest turned three, we were like, all right, let's get down there. So we went in Christmas about six years ago and absolutely like re-fell in love with the parks. It, it was wonderful. And then we got to make those memories with the boys. And then two summers ago, we hopped on a plane and headed out to the West Coast and went to the Disneyland Resort. And then my Disney fandom just grew grew exponentially. That was the park that made me fall in love with the Disney park all over again. I feel like these adult trips sometimes do that for you. That's kind of what happened to us too. We both went as kids to the Disney parks, but you know, then in our twenties, didn't really go and visit really, you know, at, at all. And then sort of reignited that love for us in our kind of mid to late thirties, but yeah, oh, now just, we're... it makes you feel like a kid again. Yeah. I mean, some of those, that's what's fun about it. So yeah. And part of the whole Disney theme park idea is just escaping from reality. I mean, it's really, really the whole theme park idea in general to be able to do that when everything else is going on in your world. It was one of the best things for us to do as a family of four. And now we have a, another little one that we get to introduce hopefully next summer. So 
I'm going to get this wrong, but Andrew, you're in North Carolina. Dustin, you're in Maryland. How did you two guys meet up and decide to start a blog? Yeah, <laughs> Go ahead, Andrew. That's a, it's a funny story. So on Twitter, there's basically, and Dustin, correct me if you, if you feel differently, but there's, I feel like there's two big communities on Twitter. There's kind of like a coaster community. And then there's also Diz Twitter, as it's yep. affectionately known as. Yep. <laughs> and we actually just connected through a tweet I sent out looking for contributors to Theme Park Hopper. And we were planning to meet this year. We actually haven't met in person yet, and that's but that's going to likely happen either this year or next at Busch Gardens, Williamsburg, or Hershey Park, if I can make it up there. How did you decide to start Theme Park Hopper? Yeah, so I was initially uh, fascinated by kind of a lot of the YouTube channels and podcasts that were popping up that were kind of capturing a lot of the history behind theme parks. And I wasn't really seeing a single place that's that was documenting it. And I don't think, you know, we're not doing a, an amazing job at that, but we're starting to build up some knowledge about, about all of the history behind all of the different theme parks and amusement parks in the U.S. So that's kind of why I started it. I kind of wanted a single place rather than all these different sources and different areas. Cool. When did you start? When did you start Theme Park Hopper? Yeah, it only, it just started February 2019. And I feel like we're just kind of getting rolling with the site and the on Instagram and and YouTube and, and all the other channels as well. Tell us sort of what your what your goal is for for Theme Park Hopper. Yeah, I think being in Raleigh, we can't just go to Orlando every day or every week or even every month. So we kind of want to help people discover theme parks and, or attractions in their area that kind of provide a little magic in a different way. We also want to just kind of keep an eye on theme park developments across the U.S. and, and the world, too. I mean, we were, I think Dustin and I both do that anyway. So it's, it's kind of <laughs> natural for us to do that. And, and how do you sort of collate all the different information from, you know, from various parks? I mean, you're two people. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a huge challenge. And, you know, and we're certainly open to having more contributors because two people can't do it all. <laughs> the way I keep up, I, I think Dustin has his, his own ways, right? But we keep up podcasts. So podcasts like yours, WDW Radio, Disney Dish with Len Testa list goes on. And there's a lot of great YouTube channels out there. Jack at DSNY Newscast, Funkland, Expedition Theme Park, even Adam the Woo and Super Enthuse, some some bloggers or vloggers. And theme also Park the history is another good one. Yeah. And uh, I think the Twitter community in general is is just a super good source of information. Yeah, I have a couple different Twitter accounts. Like I have a personal one and then I have a theme park and amusement park and roller coaster Twitter that those are all of the things that it's feeding me. So sometimes Twitter, I let Twitter do its job and it kind of brings the information that I wouldn't necessarily go searching for to my face a lot quicker than if I were to like, oh, let's let's see what Six Lives Magic Mountain's doing. I like that just comes to me. Well, I mean, how often do you guys make it out to a park yourself? Yeah. So I try to avoid the heat of the summer, but I'd say probably at least every month or two. And so it's it's kind of it's good and bad living in, in Raleigh since there's parks kind of surrounding Raleigh. But it's a bit of a drive to Bush Gardens or Carowinds or King's Dominion. You can do it in a single day and I've done it a few times. <laughs> but, you know, it's some, sometimes it's 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 a little easier or more fun to just get that last minute plane ticket to Orlando and, and do it that that way. That's a little easier for Andrew to do, I think. I, I give myself a radius of three and a half hours. If I can drive to someplace in three and a half hours, I can do that. I can wake up early in the morning. I can spend a day at the park and I can drive back and I'm not too exhausted. I grew up in Michigan. I was about three hours from Cedar Point. That was like my home part growing up. That's kind of the basis that I've given myself. I usually make it in the summer about every other week to some park. But with with parks expanding their their fall events and adding their their holiday events. I've been getting to the parks a lot more in the like quote unquote off season. My my goal this year was to ride a coaster every every month. And I went to the American Dream Nickelodeon Universe Park in January. And then I had a February trip planned that didn't happen. So I was like, okay, I'll hit 11 out of 12. And then COVID happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> Screwed up your like, plans. I was, the weekend that everything shut down was Bush Gardens Williamsburg's opening weekend. But, you know, at least every month, if not a couple times a month to, to different parks. 
I know, Andrew, I know you have an interest in theme park history. And so tell us a little bit about how you got interested in theme park history. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a combination of things. As a kid, I didn't go to Disney parks, but we did go to a lot of different roadside attractions and smaller regional parks. I grew up in Massachusetts, so in the New England area. So things like Clark's Trading Post in New Hampshire and Storyland, those kind of parks kind of got me really fascinated in just different roadside attractions and and smaller parks. And then I I think that kind of combined with seeing the history that's surfacing more recently in books, podcasts, and, and going back to YouTube as well. In fact, you, there was an interesting tidbit you gave in when you when you and I were communicating to set up this episode. I thought you gave a really interesting tidbit about trolley parks. Why don't you tell our listeners about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the history of theme parks and amusement parks dates back longer than this. But in the, I'd say in like the 19th century, trolley parks were kind of the precursor to a lot of modern amusement parks. And so I, I, you know, I did some digging recently and found that there was actually a trolley park in Raleigh just near me. And I just became fascinated by this subject recently. So trolley parks were built across the U.S. to get people to ride the trolley on the weekends because during the week you just ride them for work. So they wanted people to use the, the trolley. So these trolley parks, there's not as many surviving to today. They've kind of transcended and been acquired by some of the bigger theme park companies. Some are still operating independently, but a lot of those trolley parks don't exist anymore. Well, and if you see one of those older amusement parks that seems like it's in the middle of nowhere, like I think Dorney Park is a perfect example. It's in Allentown, Pennsylvania. That used to be an old trolley park. That's probably one of the bigger ones currently. Parks are built around major metro areas. Generally, that's one that seems a little out of the world. Yeah. And there's a couple of other ways that modern theme parks were kind of inspired. A lot of parks were inspired by Disneyland and and Disney World. I know a lot of parks popped up in the 70s kind of in reaction to what Disney was doing in Florida. I think another way that parks have popped up are kind of roadside attractions. So I know there there's a few parks that were connected to Route 66, for example, and, and still exist today. So cool. All right. So let's dive into our topic or a couple of topics we're going to talk about. But I want to start with the best theme parks by region. And so we want to talk region by region. And if the answer is Disney, you can tell us. We'll start with the Northeast. There are a lot of parks. Wait, wait, no, no. Let's start where we are because I okay, want to know. I want right. to know what theme park I should be visiting right now that I'm not. Well, okay. So we'll start with. I guess Brian wants to start with the West Coast. So Pacific, this, yeah, not Pacific Northwest. Oh, the regions. No the regions are really. Oh, right. yeah, so to- this is this is one of the negatives. Is we live in the Pacific Northwest. We well, it's not a negative to live in the Pacific Northwest. We live in the Seattle area. There is some park. I don't know if it's all the way out in eastern Washington or. If it's in Idaho, even across the border, but there is a part. I think you're talking about Silverwood. Yes, that's it. Silverwood. Yeah. So that one is, I would say that's, probably the one for you guys that would be the best park to visit. I know they have a handful of good roller coasters. They have the original corkscrew from Knott's Berry Farm, which was the first roller coaster to go upside down twice. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah, but it's quite a drive. I think it's, we're talking like a five hour drive. So it's not the kind of park that I think people you know, drive long distances for. It's no, it's no Disney park. It's, it's no Cedar Point. It's, it's not something like that. So let's talk West Coast. What is the best theme park or theme parks in our region? Andrew, why don't you start? Yeah, there's no question there. It's Disneyland. Um, (laughs) Beyond that, beyond that, I would say Knott's Berry Farm easily takes the second place for me. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of history just with that park alone. Uh, Walt Disney and Walter Knott were, I I believe they were rumored to have been friends. So they actually visited each other's parks and a lot of the Imagineers that worked on Disneyland maybe also worked on knots. So there's, they're very, some of the attractions there have a similar experience to the the ones you can find at Disneyland. What's your favorite ride in uh, Knott's Berry Farm? Oh, it's between the Timber Mountain Log Ride and the Calico Mine Ride. I think it's, I think it's the Mountain Log Ride. I just remember being wowed by that the last time I rode it. I, I do need to make it back out there though. What kind of entertainment type stuff do they have there? So sort of setting aside like roller coasters. They were, I was just going to say they, for entertainment, they were infamous at Halloween time because they would convert the park into not scary farm. And so I remember every, when I lived in Southern California, when October rolled around, because Disney didn't do anything at this point in time, they didn't have the not so scary 
you know, Halloween party. Halloween parties. And so you would go to not, not scary farm for a while. I think they actually had, I, I could be totally off on this and, and Andrew does probably correct me, but I think for a while they had a, a, not scary farm had this thing where like you could be wandering around the park and they would like surreptitiously take a member of your party away. And then you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like, where did they go? And then they would like return them to, you know, kind of thing. Like, like, <laughs> so I don't think that lasted for very long, but yeah. <laughs> no, I have heard that not scary farm is one of the absolute premier, like Halloween events. It's big budget. It's big deal. Your, your Cedar fair platinum pass won't even get you in you still need to buy a separate ticket like like the disney the hard ticketed events so yeah any um andrew any other entertainment stuff that they have at knott's berry farm that you can think of that sort of i'm not going to say rivals disney because i don't know that that's possible but that (laughs) but that can but that would wow some people I think just the whole theming of Ghost Town is just really impressive. And so there's walk around characters and different variances in Ghost Town, including Sad Eye Joe. <laughs> yeah. can... I was hoping you would bring up Sad Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just bought a I just bought a pin of Sad Eye Joe that is coming in the mail. I I caved in <laughs> and bought it online. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dustin, any different thoughts from you about what's the best theme park in the, the West region? So my favorite theme park is is Disneyland proper in the West. My second park would be not. I was able to make it over there for a long morning, short day on our trip two years ago. And it, it's absolutely wonderful. If you are a roller coaster junkie who also like theme and just being immersed in a place, Knott's might be one of the best places for you. Like Andrew said, with Ghost Town Alive, you could spend half a day just walking through their five or six old town street and interacting with everybody and eating some of the old time food. Make sure you get the uh, fun bun, which is a boysenberry like cinnamon roll type of deal. Yeah, boysenberry, everything is where it's at there. (laughs) They they also have a couple world-class coasters. Ghost Rider is this big, massive wooden coaster that was world-renowned, and then it got rough and shaky, and then a group called GCI came in and kind of retract everything, put some different trains on it. And when I rode it, it was absolutely one of the best two or three wooden roller coasters that I've ever ridden. So and because of the California building requirements, they have to have a lot more wood on the coaster um, because of the earthquakes. So you're just going through this structure and this structure just like it feels like it's closing in on you because there's so much wood around. What puts Six Flags at the bottom of the list on this one? Like, because I'm curious, because when I lived in Southern California, I remember the place we always wanted to go to, but was just a little too far away at the time was was Six Flags. But what what puts them on the bottom of the list at this point? At least, you know, down beyond top two. For me, I just haven't been there yet um, because literally, like you said, we were, you know, we were in Southern California for a week. Anaheim and Knott's Berry Farm are less than 15 minutes away. And then we were going south towards Legoland when we left. So I I haven't been to Universal Studios Hollywood, which I hear is great. I haven't been to Six Flags Magic Mountain. I know it's the roller coaster capital. It's They have the most roller coasters in the world. They have some amazing looking coasters and I'd love to get out there. It just, for me, it didn't have the overall appeal of a Knott's where I could go there 15 minutes away from my hotel or I could spend an hour and a half in traffic going up to Six Flags and an hour and a half in traffic coming back. My kids weren't tall enough to really ride everything yet. So for me, Knott's was the easy clear cut choice. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, the Six Flags doesn't have much appeal because they don't have as much theming. And I think, yeah, you see even Cedar Fairs parks have a little more theming than than a lot of the Six Flags. Now that that said, there are some Six Flags parks with a lot of theming, like Six Flags over Texas. But it's, it's yeah. I think it's just continuously getting ripped out of those uh, Six Flags parks, unfortunately. So it's more of just a collection of roller coasters than something, some sort of cohesive strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a thrill seeker, it's good. But if you're a fan of theming like me and Dustin, then it's, you know, it's, it's not that great. I mean, they, they do have cardboard cutouts of superheroes that you fly by. <laughs> so you can take your picture. Credit, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> nice. What's your, what's your go-to ride at Disneyland? Disneyland proper or Disneyland resort? I'll nice. say Disney, I'll say Disneyland resort. I'll give you, I'll give you both parks. Mine would be Radiator Springs Racers. 
<laughs> yeah, that one's that one's tough to beat. I also really like Guardians. Just it's the most that, fun I've ever had at a theme park attraction. That would be anywhere. my number two. Yeah. <laughs> if those aren't at the top of your list, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I also I haven't visited Galaxy's Edge, so I can't account for either. Uh, of them. Yeah, so you can't account no. for Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler, Rise of the Resistance, if it doesn't break down when you're on it, is way better than Smuggler's Run. So (laughs) that's what I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As long as it doesn't break down. If it breaks down and either you can't get on it or it breaks down in the middle of the experience. We've had some guests on have told us about breaking down in the middle of the experience that it really ruins the experience. I I, I will say this, though. I still think one of the most breathtaking things is turning a corner and seeing the Millennium Falcon there. Like you're just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Amazing. But yeah, from a ride standpoint, no. Rise of Resistance wins. Okay, so let's jump. We're going to jump all the way across the country to the Northeast region where I there's a lot of theme parks in the Northeast. Of course, there's no Disney park, so that makes it easy. We don't have to worry about the competition from, from the Walt Disney Company. So what is the best theme park in the Northeast? Andrew, let's start with you. Yeah, that's tough. So when I when I hear Northeast, there's so there's a bunch of small parks in New England, and I and I don't think any of those make my list. As a kid, I went to Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey, so I have to put that on my list only because I haven't been to Hershey. Though I feel like Hershey will take the cake if you count it in the Northeast region. It's it's kind of mid Atlantic, right? But I would put it in in that category. Well, let's hear from Dustin on that since he lives right smack in the middle of the mid Atlantic region. So, what about you for the Northeast? I was really between two. I was between Hershey Park and Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, if we can count that in the Northeast. But I ultimately decided on Hershey Park. The roller coaster lineup alone, they have 14 roller coasters and they have ones for little kids. They have ones for families. They have ones for your extreme thrill seekers that are looking for nothing but crazy, intense experience. They also have a couple dark rides. They have a chocolate factory tour just outside the park that is wonderful. And they update that every 10 or so years. So it stays fresh and new. Do they still give you that free piece of chocolate at the end? They do. And it used to be a lot more varied. Now it's just, I've gotten a Hershey bar every, every time the last last couple of years. I'm like, no, I want to try your new stuff. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, you, you can't complain when you get a free little Hershey bar at the end of the ride. How do these parks that you guys are talking about compare in size to like a Disneyland? Um, so I would say Hershey Park is pretty comparable in size. Hershey is a lot more hilly, though. Like there's a couple of different valleys and some good hills that you need to climb in order to get some of the attractions. What about Six Flags Great Adventure, Andrew? Uh, I'm not I'm not I haven't been there in a while, uh, but I would say Busch Gardens, Williamsburg. It's tough to compare. Uh, Disneyland, uh, obviously very jam packed, full of attractions. Busch Gardens, Williamsburg is, you know, there's a lot of space to walk around, beautiful gardens and landscaping. So I, I guess it would be about the same area. I could look it up. <laughs> but my, 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 my guess would be it'd, be it'd be about the same area wise and Disneyland it, it just has feels, more attractions in there. It feels about the same. I'm curious, uh, Sam, what about Coney Island? No, no. Coney Island is like a local you know, I, I, oh, I, feel like I, it's icon- of, I feel like it's iconic. I'm just curious what sure, the experience is like. I've never it, we, like the only times a, we visited New York, I've never been to Coney Island. Yeah, so. <laughs> so it's it's more like akin to what Andrew's talking about of these like small parks like in New England. It's like it's yeah, it's like your local amusement park. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> I will say a lot of the Cedar Fair parks and Six Flags, you you still have to have a great pair of shoes or you're not going to survive the day. Yes. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty big. All right. So let's jump down south before we head over to the middle of the country and find out who's doing it the best in theme parks in the, the southern region. Yeah, it's it's Disney World. Um, <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> in second, in second, of course, probably also no surprise. It's Universal Studios, uh, particularly Islands of Adventure. It's just a just a great park. Dustin, you agree with that as well, right? I I do. Islands of Adventure is one of my top three parks. What are the What are the best rides there? Yeah, I think you visited more recently, so you've been on you've been on a uh, uh, Hagrid's, right? So Spider-Man, The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man was the ride that I rode back in 2000 that I absolutely fell in love with. It's a 3D multi-sensor simulator moving dark ride. It blew me away back then. I rode it last year. It still blew me away. They they updated the screens there. I don't know if they're 4K, but they're really, really crisp. They just keep making little improvements to that ride. 
Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. It is, without a doubt, the most thematic roller coaster that I've been on. There are animatronics. There are there are a couple screens. There is actual speed. There are actual G-forces. It was absolutely amazing. It was worth the three hours that my son and I waited for it. And it replaced one of my absolute favorite coasters, Dueling Dragons. Mm-hmm. We've heard that from people that they loved that ride. Yeah. If Dueling Dragons was still dueling when they closed it, I would have found a way to get down there to to ride it one more time. But if they had to close it, I'm very happy that Hagrid's was the replacement because it is everything that you would expect from a big budget thrill ride. And theming amazing as well, I'm I'm sure. Absolutely. You you want to talk about immersive. And and again, I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge, so I don't quite know how how that fits in. But both of the Harry Potter worlds at Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios Orlando are so immersive, so like enwrapping. You don't realize that there is another world outside of the one that you're currently in. And as someone in my mid-30s who kind of grew up with the Harry Potter books and movies, and then to see that, to see that fandom and my theme park fandom just kind of merged together in these two worlds. I I was in tears the first time I walked in last year. I have to agree with you 100%. I, you know, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. We went to Universal a couple years ago. So we, we went there, you know, got to see Harry Potter World, although Hagrid's was not there yet. And so we we got to do the other rides at Harry Potter World. And we went to both parks because we needed to hit, of course, all of Harry Potter World, which was very smart on the part of Universal (laughs) because they got us to buy the more expensive park hopper ticket, obviously. Um, that we would not have they otherwise. Know yeah, we would not have bought that ticket if not for Harry Potter. We probably wouldn't have gone to Universal, to be perfectly honest, if not for Harry Potter World. But I was blown away. I actually would say that I think Harry Potter World is better than most of the Disney lands. I'd put it on par with Cars Land. Cars Land, to me, is the, the best done land in any Disney park. I think it's just totally immersive. And, you know, you feel like you're on that street in Radiator Springs. And so, you know, that main thoroughfare. And so I I think that they did that kind of level of theming and maybe I might even say better in Harry Potter world. I I hesitate to say that. It's really hard. Yeah, you those are between the Harry Potter lands and Cars land that you're you're encompassing two of my favorite places that I could ever be in a theme park. So I think I think you hit it right on the head. All right, let's jump to the Midwest, then there are quite a few parks in the Midwest. A lot of them, I think, have been around for a really long time. Some of some of the sort of oldest parks, I, I would venture to guess, in the in the Midwest part of the country. Andrew, who's doing it best in the in the Midwest? So caveat here, I haven't been to Cedar Point either, which is <laughs> probably a big shock to, <laughs> as, a, as a coaster fan. It was on my list for this year. Probably won't make it this year, obviously. But I think out of the parks I have been to, I will give it to Kings Island. And it's just because I think they have a lot of the theming left from when they were in the Paramount Parks library. So if you visit King's Dominion, they have a lot of the same rides, but at King's Island, they have maintained them better. Mm. And I think, Dustin, you probably have a good idea of this, but I think like I consider King's Island to be like a top tier Cedar Fair park just based off the overall experience that I had. Another caveat, I haven't been to Silver Dollar City in Branson. Mm. And I, from my understanding, there's a lot of great theming there and I've been trying to make it out there as well. Yeah, we've heard Branson is just a great place to visit in general. Does Kings Island still have the Beast? Is that ride still in operation? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For a while, it was the longest. Now I think it's like or it's the second longest wooden roller coaster in the world. It, it is still the longest wooden roller coaster. Okay. I, I, I it's they, either second or third longest overall. Yeah. I remember being the roughest roller coaster I have ever been on. <laughs> like, like, it was a lot of fun, but you got off that thing with a headache. You could not do that. Twice in a row. Yeah, that's accurate. And they just celebrated uh, 40, 40 years of the beast. And and they do refurbish it every year, but it is very rough. Yeah. <laughs> a lot to refurbish. <laughs> That's not one for me then. I I'm, I will say I'm not big on wooden roller coasters generally. I find them to be too rough on my head. Kings Island also had one of the first dangling roller coasters. It was called... Mm, where your feet dangled? Yeah, it was called yeah. the bat. 
They still have the bat. The bat still is a is a. I don't know. I think it's a little different now. Yeah. I, I remember riding on the bat. Next time we make a trip to visit your your folks, we've got to do some theme park. King's visiting. Island's got some good rides. Yeah. It's got some good rides yeah. for sure. So, Dustin, who do you think is doing it right in the Midwest? Uh, it, in the Midwest, it's clear that Cedar Point is the best amusement park, and I'm going to I'm going to caveat that with it's an amusement park. There is very little theming. They have a they have a frontier town in the back, but you know, not ghost town blows it out of the water. Setting is perfect. It's on a peninsula that juts into Lake Erie. Mm -hmm. So you have beautiful water on three sides of you. They have the best collection of roller coasters in the country. They have five coasters that go over 200 feet. Might even be sick um, now that I'm thinking about it. They have my favorite roller coaster in Seal Vengeance. Used to be an old rickety wooden coaster called Mean Streak that a company called RMC Rocky Mountain Construction took and they updated and they made it taller and they made it glass smooth and they threw some inversions in, threw a whole bunch of airtime hills in. And it is, in my opinion, the pinnacle of roller coasters. That sounds like one to check out then for sure. I want to add this category in, which is we've talked about the U.S. You mentioned up front that you're you know, tracking or, or watching also theme parks outside the U.S. Like, do, is there a theme park outside the U.S. that sort of stands head and shoulders above kind of the rest? So I have not actually visited any park outside of the U.S. I've only ever been to Canada. Canada's Wonderland, maybe. <laughs> My wife has been to Canada's Wonderland. I have not. But yeah, Canada's Wonderland is one of those parks that was a Paramount Park. I know Cedar Fair has put a lot of investment into Canada's Wonderland. They've added three or four really major coasters. Over in Europe, if you're talking outside of the Disney realm, people rave about Europa Park. It seems to be like a like a thrill seekers Epcot. Like everything is themed to countries. So think World Showcase, but you're you're tossing in some roller coasters and some thrill rides along with everything that you've come to know and love, you know, in World Showcase of Epcot. Yeah. And I I've only been to Disneyland Paris overseas. So, but I, I hear a lot of great things about Efteling in the Netherlands. Seth Kaberski mentioned that one when he was on our show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I understand it's a little hard to navigate if you're only an English speaker, uh, but it does have a fantasy kind of theme, I think, along with myths and legends and all of that kind of stuff. And it, it's, it's, it's definitely at the top of, of my list of parks I want to want to get to. All right. So we've covered the U.S. with regions, but let's talk about sort of what the best non-Disney parks are for Disney fans. And so I, I'm guessing we'll have a little bit of overlap with what are the best sort of regional parks. But, you know, for example, Cedar Point, while maybe the best regional park in the Midwest, might not be a park for Disney fans unless you're a real coaster fan. You know, what, what are the best for Disney fans if they can't get to Disney World or Disneyland? Where should they go? What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, this one might be a little tough to get to. And it's one we haven't mentioned yet. And it's Dollywood. And so Dollywood's in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It's kind of a awkward flight, I guess. Um, but it's known <laughs> as the Disneyland of the Smokies. And I think that title is is very accurate. I, I love Dollywood. You can kind of get that escapism you get at Disneyland and Disney World. You're kind of in a bubble because they have their own resort that's known as the, I think it's called the Dream More Resort. And they have a shuttle bus that runs to the parks and the parks themselves have a lot of theming as well, including they have a they have a dark ride slash coaster called Fire in the Hole that I love. But in, in general, I think I don't, for me, I think Dollywood is the number one by far non-Disney park that the Disney fans need to get to. Yeah. Well, and you can couple it because so living in Louisville, we used to drive down to Tennessee actually quite a bit. My dad loved to, my dad and my mom loved to vacation in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and Dollywood's actually kind of on the way to Gatlinburg. But you also pass through Nashville and you can visit Opryland, USA. <laughs> so they, they've got some decent rides at Opryland, I recall. We visited a few times, but yeah. How many parks are at Dollywood? They just have the the theme park and the water park. So it's just two. But also think of the resort as kind of like a Disney resort because they have activities at the resort. I know I remember they were kids were making s'mores at the fire pit, like right outside. It felt very similar to the Disney World resort experience. And then what kind of uh, what kind of entertainment do they have? Like in the parks, do they have like shows and things like that? 
I have to be honest, I kind of skip a lot of the shows. <laughs> um, I know they have Dolly Parton's museum, which was really fascinating to walk through. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that is something else. You definitely need to go in there. And they actually have her tour bus or one of her old tour buses that you can walk to and get a photo op on. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I bet they have some of her old costumes from her performances and or and or some of the movies that she did. Yeah, I think they they probably have about 50 of those. I don't know. I didn't count. There were so many of those. Maybe you'll find nine to five, the musical experience. <laughs> at it's one of my go-to karaoke songs. So, <laughs> so definitely a place I want to, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. I definitely want to get back there. And if, when I do get back, I will check out some of those shows. I was trying to hit a lot of the popular rides and yeah. they do have an RMC coaster lightning rod. That is amazing. So they have the thrill seeker, the coaster appeal mm-hmm. as well as the theming. Okay. Dustin, what about you? Who's doing it right for the Disney fans who can't get to Disney world or Disneyland for whatever reason? So I'm really torn between two. So I'm just going to give you both of them and the reason why they are comparable. And we'll let, we'll let you guys decide. So the first one is Bush gardens, Williamsburg. I feel like it is the most immersive of the regional theme parks. Every section of the park is themed to a different country and most of them are European, but they threw in Canada for some reason. I don't know. It's New France. <laughs> it's new France. <laughs> I love that. In, but that's what it's called. Um, and there is a Sesame Street section too. So while that's not a strictly European country, they do have a theme to a little castle. Everything there is themed to something or themed towards something in that country. So all of your Italian stuff, they have like a a whole Italian fair going on. They also have stage in one of their, in a couple of their dining areas where shows go on and you're kind of sitting in like a Roman Coliseum. In the Germany section, they have the Fest House where you can get authentic German food and drink authentic German beer and watch an authentic German stage show. I spend a lot of time there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sounds awesome. It sounds a lot like Disney (laughs) there. (laughs) No, exactly. See, what else? Everything is themed towards the lands that they're located in. They have one dark ride right now that is a VR dark ride. It's an old simulator base, kind of like the old Back to the Future ride used to be at uh, Universal. And it's gone through a couple different iterations, but the current one is you put on a, a VR mask, follow a fairy through the the depths of Ireland as she's looking for the heart of Ireland. But they also have they have um, some animals, which is really nice because you can check out the gray wolves and the and the bald eagles that area. They also have a lot of different festivals and events, which is something that reminds me a lot of Disney. So they've got their food and wine. They have their beer fest. Their Christmas town in November and December is one of the best that that I visited anywhere. It rivals the old lights that they used to have at Hollywood Studios. It's just it's such a wonderful event. They have a train ride that goes through all of that. There's actually a video on our YouTube channel of the train ride with the Christmas lights. That is one of my absolute favorite events at the park and one of my favorite parks. And it's one that really gives me that Disney feeling. Okay, so Dustin, you said there was a second. So the other one that kind of gives me that Disney feel, and I've talked about a little bit, is Hershey Park. It has the resort. There's the Hotel Hershey and the Hershey Lodge are the two official Hershey Parks and Entertainment Resort. I have stayed at the Hershey Lodge a couple times. It's not as grand as, you know, like Wilderness Lodge or anything like that. But it is very nice. It does give you that lodge feel. There are about five restaurants just in that property. There's places for kids to eat. There is a connected indoor water park. So the kids can do that. You can grab a beverage at the pool bar and you can spend a whole day just in the lodge without even having to go to Hershey Park. When you get to Hershey Park, it's great. One of the things I haven't talked about is there really isn't like a kiddie area. All of the family rides and kids rides are kind of like interspersed with the big tall coasters. So if you have, you know, two parents and two kids, one of the parents can wait in line, ride the ride while the other parents can do a couple of the kid rides and then they can do like a parent swap really quick. So then you're still able to enjoy a lot of things as a family, but the the adults and the thrill seekers still get to have some fun of their own and not just like we have to go over to, you know, to the kids area for a while so that 
the three and four year olds can do stuff. And then we're all going to traipse over to where the big coasters are. I love that they don't really have that at Hershey Park. Yeah, that's a good point. I know like a lot of like state fairgrounds, we have a state fairground here in Washington. It's it's an amusement park grounds is the best way to describe it. But there is that one area that's sort of the kiddie area with the small rides. And so you can kind of get stuck in that area that can be quite annoying. So that's a, a good point about Hershey not doing it that way. And a lot of regional parks do that. Like all of the Cedar Fair parks have like a Camp Snoopy and it's cute. And all of the little rides are themed to to Linus and Charlie Brown and all of that. Great. And that's wonderful if that's all you're doing. But if you want something for the whole family, I really think the way that Hershey Park has their layout set is ideal for families. So now that we've hit on all of our topics, I think we need to move over to the rapid fire. And I'm going to let Brian do the rapid fire today. And so just I'll give you the rules. Rapid fire. The rules are there are no rules. Right. The rules are there are no rules. Um, And really there are no wrong answers unless we disagree with you. And then sorry. We've yet to disagree with anyone. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's that's true. All right. So rapid fire round. We'll start with favorite Disney character. Andrew, let me start with you. It's a goofy slash dippy dog. (laughs) As he was previously known as. I have to go old school, Mickey Mouse. All right. Favorite Disney movie. And Dustin, why don't we start with you this time? That would have to be Aladdin. And I'll go with Moana. Favorite Disney song, Andrew? There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. I can never get out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Carousel of progress. Love it. Classic. (laughs) Dustin? Uh, Jeremy Irons, Be Prepared from The Lion King. Absolutely. Every time. It's just gives me the chills. Oh, I love it. Love it. How, what did you think about the live action version? Obviously it wasn't Jeremy Irons, but the, the five seconds that the movie was, that the song was in the movie. Yeah. Made me very, very sad. I, I wrote the movie off after that. <laughs> <laughs> I have enjoyed every live action so far, but I haven't seen one that's better than the original animated version. All right. Disneyland or Disney world. Disneyland. Disneyland. We like that answer. Um, That's our answer. We we would both answer that way too. What's your favorite Disney park? And it doesn't have to be at Disneyland, but any one of the parks. So, you know, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, that sort of thing. Yeah, I I have to go with Animal Kingdom. And that's one of the reasons why we bought, you see at Animal Kingdom Villas is just, we we just love the the whole vibe of Animal Kingdom. Disneyland proper, the, the original park. Favorite land within any Disney park. I have to go with Cars Land, like we talked about. It's just just amazing. Yep. Cars Land entering from the Fisherman's Wharf area under that arch and just seeing the ridge and Radiator Springs racers rolling by. Oh, nothing better. Yeah, I will say honor I will say honorable mention has to be Main Street USA Disneyland. Just having been to Marceline, I just have a new appreciation for for Main Street. Yeah, I, I love Pandora. I think Pandora has a similar. I mean, I love Cars Land. It's probably my favorite, but I think Pandora is up there, too, with the floating mountains. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, they do a good job at that. And I would say my second choice would be would be Toy Story Land. Oh, favorite classic ride or attraction. Start with you, Andrew. Yeah, it's Haunted Mansion. I guess I would pick Disneyland since they have the Hatbox Ghost. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, even though I am a bit of a sucker for It's a Small World. Don't hate me. <laughs> you, can, you can't hate someone for liking it's a small world <laughs> i've gotten hate for liking it's a small world but yeah. we'll just stop reading the Diz twitter then <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite modern ride or attraction and you can define sort of the modern era however you'd like yeah so i'm lucky enough to have gone on mickey and minnie's runaway railway and i have to say that's currently at the top for me. There's just so much to see. I just can't wait to ride that over and over again. There's, I just, I just think back on my experience and there's also a video on the YouTube channel. There's just, but you can even capture everything with my camera. There's just so much to look at. So many little fine details. With the knowledge that I had a trip um, last month that was canceled, which I'm sure would change a lot of this. I'm going to have to go with Guardians of the Galaxy or Everest. We can be best friends, Dustin. Those are two at the top of my list. I love okay, Everest good. and I love Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and I hate, I, I don't say I hate, I don't like Tower of Terror. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is a totally different experience. But yeah. Favorite Disney snack, Andrew? So I just listened to the podcast, The Ride episode on churros. And I think I have to, I have to pick churro. <laughs> Dustin? I am not a churro fan. I, I'm not. Um, for me, it's Dole Whip. 
Nice. I love that. I mean, that's a classic too. That's a classic too. Favorite quick service restaurant at any of the Disney parks? Yeah, it's Satuli Canteen. Uh, my girlfriend's vegan and we just love that. We can both eat there comfortably and the food is amazing. So, and, and you're in the land of Pandora, which again, as we talked about, is one of the top themed lands anywhere. A place that I don't think gets enough credit is Cozy Cone Motel and uh, <laughs> Flo's V8. If you kind of put those two together, because you can get your beer over at Flo's and then you can have that mac and cheese cone mm-hmm. at the Cozy Cone Motel. Flo's is at the, one of the top, is actually one of our favorite places. You can mobile order, you can get a really good you know meal quickly. It's it, Flo's is great. And that Cozy Cone across the street is amazing too. Yeah. Dustin, let's start with you on this one. Favorite sit down restaurant at Disney. So we had Christmas dinner about six years ago at the Yachtsman Steakhouse over at the, the Yacht Club. That was best Disney meal that I've had. One of the top five meals I've had in my life. So, Andrew? Yeah, I just stayed at Yachtsman. I can agree on that, but I will go with the Lou Mangiello answer and say Boathouse at Disney Springs. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I just, yeah, I just love sitting by the water there. It's just amazing. Nice, nice. Andrew, favorite Disney resort hotel? Yeah, I have to go with the Polynesian. I just, I love Trader Sam's and the overall vibe of, of the poly and you, you have your monorail access, mm-hmm. great pool. I don't think there's anything better for me. So I have only ever stayed at Pop Century, but if you are going with a family and you spring the extra, you know, 10 bucks a night or whatever for the preferred room, you have easy access to the cafeteria. You have easy access to the buses. I'm assuming easy access to the Skyliner. So that is where that is currently my favorite resort hotel. So just let me give you a pro tip. You're friends with a DVC member. So you guys got to meet up at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've walked through, I've walked through a few. We had, we had dinner at the uh, Grand Californian over outside California Adventure. And that was like, that was a gorgeous place. I would love to stay there. But I I speak from fear. (laughs) Grand Cal is one of our home resorts. So yeah, it's, uh, we love both the Grand Cal and the Disneyland Hotel. So yeah. 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 Well, Disneyland Hotel is so classic, you know, sort of old school Disney. And, but the Grand Californian to me just feels like more luxurious. And I love that easy access to, to California Adventure, which is my favorite Disney park. The minority opinion. I know, I know, I know it is. I know it is. I know other people, you know, well, listen, when they redid California Adventure, I think a lot of people would probably move into my camp, right? Like the original incarnation of California Adventure nobody would agree. Once Avengers once Avengers campus opens up, I think more people will be on your side. Yeah. Yeah. When we went, I missed Pixar Pier by two days. I I would Mm potentially agree with you if I had gotten to experience Pixar Pier is really yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean we spend a ton of well, it was a ton of our time especially with our son at Pixar Pier. We it's just a, a ton of rides that he will go on and that he enjoys and we like walking around it and it's a great place. We spend a lot of our time I'd say there at California Adventure. Favorite Disney souvenir. Andrew, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I I like pins. I don't trade them yet. I kind of look for the smaller ones and I like looking for vintage ones online or at thrift stores. So I I guess that I guess I'm a pin guy. Brian's kind of a pin guy. Yeah, too. I don't I don't trade. He doesn't either. trade. I, just, I, I, I say I'm not a pin trader. I'm a pin collector. <laughs> what about you, Dustin? I, I am a pin collector. We have different board hanging up in our house of our pins, but I also, I've been collecting shot glasses pretty much everywhere I go since I was a teenager and I have you know over a hundred of them now. So shot glasses are always something that I gravitate towards. All right. Favorite non-Disney theme park. Dustin, let's start with you. Non-Disney theme park would have to be Islands of Adventure. There's just everything there. Andrew? Yeah, I think I'll go with Universal Studios Hollywood. And that's that's kind of an interesting answer, I think, for most. But I just really liked the vibe there. And you have the original studio tour. So if you're a fan of the the tour that existed at Hollywood Studios, then you kind of still get that similar vibe. And it's, you know, it's just a it's a small park, but it's a good one. Bucket list theme park was a place you haven't been that you just really want to get to. Andrew, let's start with you. Uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah, yeah I guess that's <laughs> Probably the bucket list for most people, but it's definitely at the top. And I, I hope to make it maybe next year. I keep saying that. It's always next year. <laughs> maybe next year. You're going to be going to a lot of theme parks next year, Andrew, <laughs> with the list that we're creating just on the podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Tokyo Disney Sea is also up there for me. But Alton Towers over in the UK is one that I have read and seen since I was a teenager that I think would be super awesome to visit as well. Where's that one? Where in the UK? So I think it's in Staffordshire. So it's not by any of the majors. It's not by London. It's not by Blackpool. You got to take a bus or train to get there. But it's on old castle grounds, like the Alton Towers. So the castle's incorporated. They have a bunch of thrill rides. They have immaculate gardens that you can get lost in. That would be one of the one of the top two that if you told me today I had unlimited budget and I can go, it would be between Disney Sea and Alton Towers. I've got one more question for you. Bucket list roller coaster. Uh, I've been I've been fortunate enough to get on a lot of the ones that I've wanted to get on, but I have planned a Dollywood trip each of the last three years that has not come to fruition. For various reasons. So I would have to say right now, Lightning Rod would be the the coaster that I want to ride the most to see how it compares to Steel Vengeance. Andrew? Yeah, I've been putting off my return visit to Universal Orlando, and I haven't done Hagrid's yet, so that's easily at the top of my list. Well, Dustin, Andrew, it has been just a lot of fun talking to you this evening about all things theme parks and roller coasters. How can folks find you guys and, and, you know, to tell them about your blog a little bit? Yeah, our blog's themeparkhopper.com. So we try to keep up with the news as best as we can. You can also follow us on Twitter and Dustin has his own as Twitter on his own Twitter handle as well. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram, Pinterest. There's a lot of different sites we're on, but I think I think primarily uh, the blog and Instagram and YouTube. Dustin, what's your uh, so folks can follow you on social media in addition to following the theme park hopper? What are you, what is your social media Twitter handle? So on Twitter, I am Dustin underscore TPH. And then we are theme park hop on both Instagram and Twitter. Well, I just followed you. So there you go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's been great having you guys on today. Thank you so, so much for coming on. And we had a blast. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank thank you. you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I feel like we could talk for hours. (laughs) There's so much to cover. (laughs) We definitely could. Well, I don't know about you, but I had a lot of fun listening to this episode while I was editing it because it made me think about all the great roller coasters and theme parks out there that I want to go experience. Kings Island, I went to as a kid. I haven't been back in forever, but I can tell you it's back on my list. Definitely want to head down and experience Dollywood, Bush Garden, Cedar Point. I definitely think you should head over and check out Andrew and Dustin's blog. It's a great resource for learning more about these theme parks that are out there. And, you know, you can't always make it to Disney, so sometimes it's fun to head to your local or regional theme park and have a little fun for the day so uh head over check out their blog great content great guys can't wait to have them back on the show sometime in the future so with that we don't have another written review this week we've certainly racked up some more five-star reviews over at apple Podcasts, but no new written reviews this week so i don't have one to read on the air but i do want to remind folks we are doing that giveaway so if you want to head over to apple Podcasts and leave us a written five-star review over on apple Podcasts, we'll enter you to win both volumes of cleaning the kingdom signed by the authors ken and his co-author Lynn Barron. Lynn was on our show a few weeks ago, so you can head over and check out his episode to learn more about the books. But head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us that written review, and we'll enter you to win both volumes of those books. With that, thanks for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Leave us those written five-star reviews. They're super helpful in helping people find our show. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. A number of you have been and we're really excited because we've been having a few of you on the show you can also head over to the dcl duo channel on youtube for even more great content and we do have those dcl 101 series episodes coming up the dcl duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with disney cruise line the walt disney company or the walt disney family of theme parks the views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the walt disney company or disney cruise line if you have questions about a disney cruise or a walt disney vacation please contact disney directly or your own travel agent Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.